What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. News, talk, sports. It's football, baby. Live from Buffalo Wild Wings. Thanks to Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the NFL. How many of you want to eat a W tonight? This is KOA Sports. Now, Dave Logan, Big Al, Alfred Williams, and Ryan Edwards. All right, just after 4 o'clock, welcome back, KOA Sports. Dave Logan, Alfred Williams, Ryan Edwards, as we are live from Buffalo Wild Wings here at Highlands Ranch, just off Lusa and C-470. Enjoy ice-cold Bud Lights, Thursday night football. we got the Nuggets on tonight here, so uh, plenty of reasons to come on down and say hi to us here. Buffalo Wild Wings and Highlands Ranch, plus... You have a chance to win an autographed Justin Simmons jersey, courtesy of Bud Light. Justin Simmons joining us a little after 5 o'clock. We've been obviously watching quite a bit of the uh, Lions games here during the breaks. Uh, Very quickly, the Lions practice report uh, out. And uh, they've only got one player ruled out, and that's Hendon Hooker. No surprise there. The uh, rookie quarterback uh, got full practices today for Taylor Decker, their left tackle, Benito Jones, Frank Ragnow. A limited practice today for Josh Reynolds, and all of those players are listed as questionable. So, uh, and, and I honestly think one of the most significant ones on there, I guess probably two, is the offensive lineman. Uh, but Alfred, I don't know if you've noticed it as well, but uh, they're just a different team without Frank Ragnow, their center. Yeah, I think that I think that uh, he, he's I think he's one of the highest he's either the highest paid or one of the highest paid centers in the entire NFL. A draft pick for them that has really worked out. Um, you know, while we were talking to Cushenberry earlier, I was looking at center salary, and I think that he is one of the top guys in the entire NFL as far as uh, salary goes. So they think highly of him enough to pay him. Uh, as one of the best, so he's got to be one of the best. And um, when you look at this team, the way that they design their offense is fascinating because they just want they just want a hat on a hat for a half a second in their quick passing game. But you know the thing that keeps showing up over and over and over again is how they use the center of the football field. They really believe in using the center of the football field more, more so than any other team uh, that we're going to see this year. First of all, I think you have to be very, very talented to use the center of the football field. I just think that it's just, uh, it's just a, it's where, the, it's where the masters of football play. And I certainly wouldn't call Jared Goff a master at playing the quarterback position, but the way that, that, that the offense is schemed he looks just like the greatest players that have ever played until there's a little congestion in there and he forces it in there anyway. So it's, uh, it, it, it's going to be a good, good football game, man. I, I, I just think they do a good job of putting a hat on a hat in their quick passing game, especially their, their smoke screens and uh, the quick screen game to the running backs. They just want a, a, a quick second because they have the kind of extreme speed where they can get away from uh, most arm tackles, and that and that's a trait that the Miami Dolphins possess as well. Dave, is that the scariest matchup you think here 
for the Broncos against that uh, front for the Lions, the running game that they're going to try to possess there? Yeah, well, I mean, what I like about the running game is just the creativity about it. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of what Kyle Shanahan does in, in San Francisco, right? Um, they will utilize cut splits with receivers probably as much as anybody, including the Niners. Uh, and, and Al brought up how they get to the middle of the field. Well, you get to the middle of the field with those cut splits. And you get to the middle of the field after you establish the running game. Um, and then you suck linebackers up, and the receivers already are in a condensed formation, so they have a much quicker route to get to the middle of the field. Your inside linebackers have to react to what I think is, is one of the two or three best play-action passing games in, in the league. Uh, and that's really, that's what Jared Goff does best, right? So, yep. Yep. again, you know, to me, you, you, if, if you're Vance Joseph, um, and I'm not telling him anything he doesn't know, you got to get a hold of that running game. Yes. you got to make it muddy. you got to make it difficult for them to uh, – gouge you with big plays in the running game because when you do you force Jared Goff into obvious drop back situations and that is not what he does very well there was a stat that the athletic had and you know I love my stats there was one that they had during during this winning streak the Broncos are on or the six of the seven games that they've been on they're still susceptible to, to the run game, as we know, just from the eye test and the stats or whatever. But the, the stat is on 40%, right around 40% of the runs against the Broncos are going for more than five, five or more yards. So, so teams are still getting five or more yards on nearly half of the runs against the Broncos, even during the streak. That's not even for the season. That's just during this streak. So what does that tell you? I, I, what it tells me is I think Vance may be a little more aggressive in, in run blitzes early on first and second down, which means you got to take some chances, which at times means you can give up some you can give up some big plays. But if if Detroit's able to, and they average, uh, I believe it's like 130 some odd yards per game on the ground, right? 137, 130, 137 yards yep. on the ground. That's pretty so good. That's that's as we like to Fifth say, best. that's that's very healthy. Yep. You um, say that's the best. Fifth best. Yeah. So if they're if they're able to run the ball effectively and run it when they want to you're taking all the pressure off jared goff and at the end of the day you're going to look up we're going to be looking up and i'm going to be talking from ford field about jared goff being uh 22 of 29 for 279 yards three touchdowns no picks because if they can run it they get to throw it when they want to throw it and that's right. what they do best so i i would not be surprised to see the Broncos, again, try to disrupt that running game in the early sequence of a series and get get Detroit behind the sticks. Um, now, you know, how they go about that, that's what they're, that's what they're practicing all week for. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, Detroit is also susceptible, susceptible to the exact same thing as the Broncos. So what happens in uh, most defenses is... Especially on the, uh, on the defensive side, you have two safety high. Two safety high is there for protection against anything deep on either hash marks, the left or the right. And what that usually means is that you don't have a safety inverted into the line of scrimmage. The Detroit Lions do that a lot on first down, and so do the Broncos. Like, we, if you feel like you need to run it, 
on first down against the Denver Broncos, okay, you may have some success. But when we put that eighth guy in the box and we stop you on that, on that first down, then now you're in second and ten. Now you're in real trouble. So what we have seen teams try to do against us is throw the ball early and then run it on second when we have those two safeties high. Gotcha. So what that end up, end, end, ends up doing is giving you the perception that we can run the ball statistically against the Denver Broncos. When in turn, what it says to me is that, okay, this is your time to run the ball. So you get, you get five or six. It's going to be third down and four. Okay? It's going to be third down and five. If that's what you want to do, go ahead. Let's, let's, let's play that game. All right. Let's get a quick check of traffic right now as we're live from Buffalo Wild Wing from the KOA Traffic Center. Here's Mike Spataro. We're going to hear from Vance Joseph coming up here in just a little bit. Again, Justin Simmons joining us after 5. KOA Sports Live from Buffalo Wild Wings here on Highlands Ranch, just off Lucent and C-470. Come on down. Enjoy some ice cold Bud Lights. Enjoy Thursday night football. They were just uh, up on the screen here at Buffalo Wild Wings showing the uh, Broncos' percentage to make the postseason. It, it still is remarkable. There once in a while you kind of have to think about it in terms of where they came from to where they are. And you know, I've been in the locker room today. The guys are, the guys are quietly focused in and, and, and sort of taking this as you guess you would expect one game at a time. I, I wondered how it would be for a team that hasn't experienced this kind of success in a long time. When you're right at it, do you get a little clinched or do you kind of just relax? And, and does that? How much does leadership and the coaching matter when it comes to something like I, that? I, I would think it would. Uh, I would think it'd be exhilarating. You'd be, I mean, stop and think about, I mean, how many games Justin Simmons has played here um, and the lack of success this franchise has had. So the fact that you, you start the year and it looks like it's going to be a, a complete failure and now you've won six to seven, you're seven and six, you've got four more games left. And you feel like you control your own destiny. If you win four, I think the chances are excellent you're going to get in. I, I would think it's, um, I know in talking to Russell Wilson today, he, you know, Russell's going to be upbeat no matter what. <laughs> right. Right. But he's, he's got a real sort of settled confidence that feels real to me about, you know, the locker room and everybody together. There's more energy in that locker room than, than I, and I'm paraphrasing, than I felt before. And so I think, I think this team is excited that they are where they are, given how they started. It's amazing how much it changes legacies and, and changes perceptions, right? I mean, what the Broncos were when they started the season 1-5, and five, a lot of people around the league, I mean, even some of these national shows, you think about this game specifically. The Broncos would have been a double-digit underdog if they would have continued on the trajectory that they were on. Instead, it's three, I think it's four points now for this game. And honestly, I think that teams are, people are still, analysts are still writing off the Broncos, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think that um, I don't think that you really understand who the Broncos are because of where we are. It's, it's no different than you know why why it took so long for the rest of the NBA community to figure out that the Denver Nuggets were good because we play in this crazy time zone where nobody else plays. We are not on the West Coast, but we're not on the East Coast. 
Well, not really in the Midwest. We're in the mountain time zone. And so with that, you lose a lot of eyeballs on what the Broncos have done and who they've done it against. And uh, I think you end up, I think you end up getting surprised by a team like the Broncos when you look up and you say, oh, they won a few games. Hey, they beat the Chiefs. Okay, okay, that's all right. So the Chiefs having a down year. Okay, okay. They beat the, beat the, uh, they beat the Bills. They beat the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, the Vikings still don't have their quarterback. Okay, they beat the, the Browns. The Browns. You say, okay, all right, all right. You know, I'm telling you right now, this team, if they would have played the way that I had envisioned earlier in the year, 12 wins was in its sights. 11 still is, right? I mean, just think about that. 11 still is, but it's how we would get to the 11, I think that is uh, uh, in the minds of those who don't look at the Broncos every week. Because look at the teams we lost to. Mm-hmm. We lost to the Washington Commanders, we lost to the Raiders, we lost to the Jets, and we lost to the Houston Texans. Okay, that loss to the Miami Dolphins was legit. That's a legit team. That's a team that's in the AFC uh, title uh, conversation. But those four losses don't profile for you to be a good football team. And uh, it, it's a bit embarrassing as a franchise, but when you consider where we are right now, we still aren't where we're supposed to be, and if things would have worked out the way that they should have earlier in the season, we probably have two or three losses at this point. But we got six, right? Yep. And that's just who we are right now. We just got to go out and play ball against a good football team that's well coached. We're live from Buffalo Wild Wings. It's KOA Sports, 850 AM and 94.1 FM. Yeah! <laughs> Live from Buffalo Wild Wings here in Highlands Ranch. It is KOA Sports. We're off Lucent 470. Come on down, say hi to us. Enjoy ice cold Bud Lights tonight for Thursday Night Football. The Nuggets are on as well. We got sports basically on every TV, as I can see right here uh, where we're sitting. You can also win an autographed Justin Simmons jersey, courtesy of Bud Light. Uh, before we get to uh, some more matchups, especially I want to talk about the Lions defense versus the Broncos offense. Uh, we got a lot of reaction to our, our conversation just a little bit ago about the hip drop tackle, as you guys would imagine. Uh, my favorite here, Ryan needs to try and tackle Al or Dave without tripping them. <laughs> that would be so fun. I, would, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that'd be fun for really anybody. I don't, I don't, I, you know, that'd be fun for me. It'd be fun for me, too. <laughs> I don't know if your knees would appreciate me, who has no training whatsoever in tackling, trying to actually tackle you. I don't know that yeah. your body would appreciate <laughs> what would happen to you with that attempt. Do you know what a strawberry is? Like is in the fruit? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Do you know what a strawberry like, is? Like a welt on your arm or something? A no. What? You tell me. <laughs> so a strawberry is when all the skin on your on your uh, uh, elbows or usually knees is taken off from being drug or sliding on a hard surface. And that's all you leave, leave is, is uh, all, all it looks like is uh, a, straw, a, a raw strawberry, ah. a raw strawberry with the, with the hairs 
coming out, right? So they call it a strawberry. It's and when nasty. It, oh, it's nasty. And, oh. and I think, I think, <laughs> I don't know where the hell you're going with this. <laughs> Ryan would have strawberries everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Look at it this way. It's just the elimination of unneeded epidermis. <laughs> That's right. What a, what a great, right. simple. Unneeded epidermis. <laughs> <laughs> unneeded, yes. Yeah. That, that piece of skin, I didn't need that. No, right. I didn't need that. Okay. You know, the, you know the injury that hurts the most, and you wouldn't think about it, but the injury that I remember hurting the most was like when half of my fingernails were ripped off. Oh, 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 God. <laughs> I mean, just like, ow. It, you know, just like half of the nail is gone from your finger. Dude, everybody driving around right now is just like, whoa. <laughs> and so you're sitting there. And you gotta you gotta tape up that area or the thumb, uh, you know, finger or your thumb. And what ends up happening is that uh, it ends up hurting for like five weeks until the nail can grow back. But in the meantime, when you take it off, it hurts. And then you take a shower because you got to keep it clean. Oh man, it's, uh, you miss those days, don't you? Oh, really miss those <laughs> days. <laughs> where men I mean, were and men. Then, and you know because. Uh, <laughs> What happened is, uh, you remember back in the day, man, I had those Newman gloves, man. Everybody played with Newman. Did you have some Newmans? Oh, yeah. So yeah. I played with Newmans. But the one thing about Newman gloves back in the day is when you played with them and they got wet, they became very slippery. Like they were not, they, they were not good. I don't know, for receivers, even if you put stick them on them, I mean, once they got wet, they were done, right? Yeah, yeah. So... So I ended up missing like four sacks one year from grabbing on to quarterbacks' jerseys, and I couldn't get them down because, 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 my, because the glove was all sweaty and wet. So after that, I just said, you know what? I'm taking the gloves off. I'm not wearing the gloves again. And so there's like two or three pictures of me in like uniforms where I have on gloves, and the rest of them I have no gloves, no matter what the temperature is outside. And so what I started to do in inclement weather is the quarterback deal, the uh, the, the pouch. Yeah. So I, the, the quarterback pouch, I would just wear the quarterback pouch and put the hand warmers in there, and th that's why, uh, and, and that's how I was able to keep my hands warm, but that's why I stopped wearing gloves is because I was missing sacks. I mean, but in the end, and, but you also, if we, but you also are at more risk uh, to get your fingernails torn off. And even to this day, see, even to this day, I still don't, I keep them low. Like, it just, just out of, out of, just repetition over and over. Every day, you know, I, I cut my fingernails. Every day you cut your Every fingernails? Every day I cut my fingernails. Every day. Because I just started doing it. How's that even possible? I just, you just don't want to cut them. I mean, trust me, if you've had your fingernails ripped off of your fingers a few times, oh. you'd know how, how terrible that would feel. And so you just do it every day. You just, you know, I don't have any fingernails, right? I mean, I mean, look at me. I mean, I don't get, I don't go to a, I don't get pedicures. I, I, don't, have pedicures. A lot, I don't have a lot of sympathy <laughs> for you and your fingers because I broke every single finger except you one. You can't do nothing about that, though, hands. can you? No, you just tape, you tape them, you tape them together. Like, and then you practice, you practice trying to catch in one hand, but in a game, you're, you're, I mean, you just tape them together. This, you can't do anything about it. This finger, this finger right here, as finally, it, it was it was contorted 
I mean, look Ugh. at that one. Like that, that, that one just got back straight. This See, one right here. We're going to make people throw up here. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Oh! Yeah, yeah, that, yeah those, you... those, 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 yeah, I Dang. get all that, too. Hey, yeah, if man, you play see? wide receiver in the league, <laughs> there's not a wide receiver in the league that played more than just a few games that doesn't have jacked up feet and jacked up hands. And now, now, one of one of the crazy things about playing fellas, wires, there are children's pre children present here. Come on now. <laughs> you know, one of the crazy things about playing in the league with uh, wide receivers that I played with the great Eddie Mack, Eddie McCaffrey. Yep. Eddie, you know, I saw Eddie. We were doing this. Uh, we were doing this event for. Uh, Breckenridge Brewery. We're doing the uh, uh, the reunion year of the 25 year, and we were talking, and I was like, Ed, man, you know, because Ed used to tape his toes right, but leave his toes out of the. He used to cut off the toe of his shoe because it's faster. <laughs> what? You're, you're a little bit faster. <laughs> what? Really? Oh yeah, you're a little bit faster. Say that again. Huh? You're you're a little bit faster when you when you cut just the toes. Just the the front part of your shoe out to where your toes it gives you a little more traction. Plus, you wow. get jacked up feet. I've never heard that before. Oh yeah. So wow. did you do it too? I I did it a, more than one game, but I didn't do it all the time. Yeah. So Ed used to cut his uh, so his big toe would be out. I guarantee you. Eddie's got a jacked-up big toe. <laughs> you mean from, like, turf toe? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, just running digs and same as my feet. I mean, if you, if you took a picture of his foot and my foot, I mean, you would win no awards <laughs> in terms of beauty. There's a place yeah. on the Internet for that, by the yeah. way. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Rex, Rex Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> Rex hey, Ryan by the way, Rex, Rex Ryan's gone very silent on Bash and Vance Joseph. Yeah, what happened with that? I mean, yeah. how's that going for him? I don't know. Maybe it wasn't yeah, as good as much run. Lot, you know, you, you start thinking about all these football stories and all the stuff that happens during the game. And, you know, just, boy. Yeah. You, there, there are a lot of things. But I didn't know the thing about the. Oh, yeah. Oh, I want to ask you this. I always want to know. You know, because. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, I, I always want to know. And this is the biggest one that I never could figure out in football. How in the world, what's the most effective way to keep your foot warm while playing in cold, cold weather? What's the most effective? Because yeah. I've, heard, I've heard so many. So I've heard Vaseline on your foot, which only makes your foot slip around in your sock. And yep. in, I tried in turn. that. Hey, listen, back, that. back in the day, and I played before you, <laughs> we used to put like little baggies. Yeah, I tried that. Little baggies but your over foot move our around, feet. But the foot yeah, moves around in that. Feet, your and foot, then your foot sweats sweat. in it. Sweats right. in it. No. Yeah, you're exactly that's not, right. And, and so that, so I've, I've had the, I tried the baggy, I tried the the Vaseline on yeah. the toes, yeah. and, and that didn't work. Depends how, how cold it is. When it gets when it gets to a certain level, uh, your feet are going to be cold no matter what. I mean, they, you know, they just are. And you just so you don't have you don't have a solution either. No, I mean, I did I did what you did. I tried the Vaseline, that didn't work. I tried the little baggies. I'm thinking this just looks silly. <laughs> you, know, you put the baggie on your foot and then you put your sock over the baggie, and then, and then part your of the foot starts sweating. Then part of the baggie rips, so these two toes are ripped. In, you know, they're out of the baggie. It's like, man, this is not this is and not working. Got, and then you and then you get to the point when you're on the sideline, like take this, I almost curse you, take this yeah, stuff off of it, right. take it off, man. You I mean, you, you got out of Cincinnati. I played my entire career <laughs> in Cleveland. You just got used to it, like, listen, bro, It's it, when it gets to, like, late November and December, you're going to be cold. 
That's so just, you didn't have you didn't have a solution for it either. We I don't think anybody did back in the mid seventies. Do you think there's a solution now? I mean, well, yeah, they, they got all the, they got all these warmers, seat warmers, and hand warmers, and foot warmers, and you talking they, about you talking about from the bench on yeah, the bench. bench bench. Oh, I don't know about in the game. I, I don't know what these cats do uh, when it gets really really cold. We should we should add, next time we have have on one of the one of the wide receivers. We should ask them. Yeah, they probably got something. Yeah, I mean, it's the most right? bizarre thing, man, because you would think with all this technology, somebody would make something that would keep your foot comfortable in rigid and cold conditions. Yep, and, th and then they have those little, like, hand warmers mm -hmm. and, f and feet warmers. And you, I use the hand warmers. You put that in your shoe. Yeah, I tried shoe. that, yeah. and then your foot starts your foot to sweat. sweat, and it's no good. Then it's no good. No. Then, then as soon as uh, any, any cold uh, air hits it, then all of a sudden your foot is frozen. Yep. But anyway, I, was, I want to ask you that because I've never had a, a, a real good answer about how to deal with this. I mean, I tried the stockings. I mean, every, oh, yeah. you tried those too, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I did the oh, stockings yeah. and then my, my sock over the, 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 the stocking and tried the stocking by itself. And then I'm like, this is just, it's just dumb. I yeah. mean, I mean, and everybody had a different solution about what's supposed to happen. There, there is no easy answer. But things have changed. Obviously, I mean, we—I played in a game in a, in a playoff game against the Raiders. It was so cold. I—I I tried to wear scuba gloves. You ever seen mm. scuba gloves? Yeah, yeah, those. Are you ever thick. tried to catch a ball with scuba gloves on? <laughs> no. I mean, it's—it's it's like you know, I got to take these off. I couldn't even. Maybe could, the couldn't feel the ball. See, I think the best thing that I did was take the the, the football pouch and put the hand warmers in there, like the quarterbacks. And then when it was time to. Uh, when spin it, was it around. To, yeah, spin it around yeah. when it was time. And then, you know, I did get caught one time by an offensive lineman on a, on a play away who grabbed it, who actually, actually grabbed the pouch. And I, I was, like, running in place trying, <laughs> trying to get to my gap, man. And it, it's only happened to me one time when the guy actually – Grab the pouch. All they need to do is slow you down a couple steps, <laughs> right? You ain't gonna get there. And then you're not. And then you're out of your gas. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a couple more texts on the hip drop tackles. Uh, this one, you can't legislate injuries out of one of the most physical sports in the world. I don't want to see guys get hurt, but no amount of rules will prevent the inevitability in American football. I agree with that. And then uh, this one. Any any other text urging you to try to tackle this? <laughs> uh, just the same texture. He keeps saying, "I want need to see this." Yeah, <laughs> like three or four in a row. Is that your wife that? It may, you know that may, number. May have wanted to see that. You know, it is it is a nine seven zero, so it's actually probably a friend. There yeah, it's probably somebody that knows me. Uh, and then uh, one more says, according to the commissioner, it's the defensive player responsibility to keep the person he's tackling safe. That that is such a. That's mm. that's that's uh, that's not true. That's not true. I mean, I, I can tell you this. I mean, I didn't play defense in the NFL, but when a guy is trying to make a play, either on the ball or on somebody who has the ball at that moment we'll ask him you're, you're not you're not saying okay how can i get this guy in the ground to make sure he doesn't get injured you're, you're just not you're saying i got to get this guy on the ground there's a sense and of, like to get the sense of I, urgency i'd like to get the ball back while i'm doing it yeah, too so that that's that's i respectfully think that's silly okay yeah i just uh you know, for for the commissioner to say something like that just tells you that he's never played football, yeah. I, or if he played, he he doesn't remember what it's like. No, um, did he, did he play ball? I I don't have any idea. You I know, because if you if, no if, is this from the Roger Goodell? This is yeah, yesterday. That this is comes. a that is Ro a, Roger Goodell said that. Yeah. Wait, say that again. What he said? 
Yeah, Roger Goodell said that it's the it's a defensive player's responsibility to keep the person person he's tackling safe. So let me ask you this: Is it the offensive line's responsibility to keep the defensive guys safe, the listen, guys that they, when they're blocking? I hope this doesn't affect my ability to earn a living <laughs> in the league calling that is games. The dumbest. That's the dumbest ass thing I've ever heard out of a commissioner's mouth. That that's that tells me he has no clue. There's no a lot clue. of people covering football and you can listen to him or not but this is the commissioner of the league <laughs> saying this i mean that's that's like you're almost mind boggling. I, know, I, you, I know you're almost cursed yeah right? that's like i mean it's mind-boggling he that he would actually say that i can't imagine i really can't imagine no, man. you know so on, on on a trap block which is a big collision you think play. The, you think the guards thinking about saving your life? Right. You think the guards are thinking, hey, let's make sure that this guy's shoulder doesn't get blown out. It just can't happen that no. way. I mean, it's just it's football. I it's mean, too it's too fast. It, the the game is too fast, and the athletes are too powerful and big. And there's no time to think about. I mean, I, I'm not forever trying to intentionally hurt somebody. And I, I listen. I bang on guys that if I think uh, I view a play that that that's the case then you know i think it's our responsibility to call that guy out but on the other hand to say something like that uh, you know defensive and, players responsibility to keep the ball carrier uh safe wow 303-713-8585 that's the number you need to know right now i missed him saying that i didn't think that was him that is that is really really bad that's that bizarre. is really bad for the sport man that's really that's really bad for the sport and it almost makes it feel like uh, that you put more pressure on the referees to call a penalty like that for a personal foul since you made the statement like that yeah. in, you know, before actually going through a competition committee and talking about how you're going to deal with these kind of deals. Yeah, it's hard enough to referee a game. And, 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 and real, real, real quick, Ryan, before we get to it, there's been a tremendous outlash uh, uh, on... on um, referees here of late in the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball. Are we asking too much for our from our referees? I said I mean, that I mean I said that earlier today. You're putting these guys in position now. They, they have they have enough to enforce. It's a hard enough game to officiate. So all yeah, of them are just football. I'd say yeah, well, I mean I was just talking about about football. I think it's probably hard to officiate at a National Hockey League game. I know it's hard to officiate an NBA game. But but what you ask specifically, officials to look for in the NFL, all of the various things they have to officiate, I think you're asking way, way, way too much. Well, I, I say that because of the, the single, what was it, the single elimination, the single technical foul that Joker got the other night for the ejection, you know, or the rarity, right? The, and the backlash from the, uh, the, the Chicago Bulls community, of people who went to go see the Joker play was it was it was audibly um, disliked, and so you hear it and you go the referee screwed over all those fans that came and then you see a, a, a bad call on a football game and it's the referees and then for you know it man I know how this works because it all trickles down, and I had a kid who was a referee for you know the little kids you know like the seven eight nine year olds and then you know you hear parents uh there right i mean so, so it's a trickle down of what what should be the right way to handle <clears throat> officials you know so that so that this is 
it, it's a career and a job that people still want because, as you know, we don't get a lot of people volunteering for, for no. officials anymore. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I think Little League officials should be completely hands-off. I think parents need to wake up and stop acting like a bunch of fools, some parents, with respect to how they treat officials. Pretty much same thing for high school. What should happen if, what, what should happen if, what should happen if a parent in youth sports, we're going to say, this is not high school sports, we're going to say, this is not high school sports, but if a parent is intimately involved in a conversation or a disagreement with the, with the referee, what, what should happen and who should be the enforcer? Ugh. See what I'm saying? Like, so, so you, have a, you have the scores table if in basketball, right? The, the scores table, that guy can be the person, instead of the referee having to kick you out the game, because the referees will kick you out the game, but then you got stress about, is this guy, does this guy still have beef with me after the game? Sure. L listen, I, I, would, I would summarize this by saying, uh, for youth sports, we can't find enough officials. Same thing for high school sports. They don't make enough money to be putting up with all this garbage that exactly. they have to put up with, either from coaches or, or parents. I mean, they, they, they just don't. You're, you're hollering, at, in some cases, at a 16-year-old kid that's making $30 trying to earn some money in the summer, you know, refereeing uh, a, a basketball game between 10-year-olds. What are you doing? I well, mean, a flag football game for that silly. matter. Yeah, I mean, what we've just lost, <clears throat> we just lost our, some have lost their perspective on what's important. But does it start at the professional level? I mean, it feels like it is because we, we're doing it there. Well, what, I mean, we're doing it at the college level. I mean, we're doing it at the high. It feels like it's all filtering down, and it's, and it's okay. It feels like it's okay to go ahead and criticize the referees because they make bad calls. And at the professional level, you would think that they wouldn't because they get compensated handsomely for being a professional referee. But when you see it and then you see it filter down all the way down to that junior level, I, I don't know. I think we just – do we just say, hey, man, we just stop talking about – Troy Aikman – the other night, uh, uh, in a Monday night, was that uh, Sunday night, a Monday night game that he was calling, was critical of the referees and told the referees, just make the call. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, 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 part of, it's part of our sports routine right now. Call number 5, 303-713-8585. You're going to be entered to win a Las Vegas trip during the big March basketball tournament. Winner receives a two-night stay at Fontainebleau, Las Vegas. Dinner for two and a $500 Amex gift card could make for a great holiday gift. Immerse yourself in timeless elegance at Fontainebleau, Las Vegas, a luxury resort, gaming, and meeting destination opening December 13th, 2023. The legacy of Fontainebleau, Las Vegas, is built upon more than 70 years of sublime beauty, unparalleled service, and timeless design. Book now at FontainebleauLasVegas.com. But call our five. 303-713-8585 will be entered for that chance to win. Justin Simmons joins us next. We are live from Buffalo Wild Wings and Highlands Ranch. It's KOA Sports, 850 AM and 94.1 FM.